Hey, Brad, thanks for taking this call. I am excited to have you on here and introduce you to some of my clients. So can you tell us your name, where you're located, um, how they can get a hold of you if they want to make an appointment? Well, hello there. My name is Brad. I go by Brad, Brad Ellis. I'm originally from Kansas City, but I have made my way now to Austin, Texas. Um, I'm at 1201 South 1st Street. I have renovated a Airstream trailer into my own barbershop. So when you get to the lot, just look for the trailer and you can see me. I think that is so dope. Like I've seen pictures of other people um, transforming a mobile home or or something into a barbershop. And when I saw yours, I just, I really did fall in love. I might not have told you, but I was like, <laughs> oh my God, and it looks so nice. I appreciate it. It's a it's a beauty. It's a joy. It, it was honestly just visiting Austin that gave me the idea. Everything is mobile out here. All kind of mobile businesses, and it just gave me the vision to think outside the box. So, and that's a wonderful thing. And the fact that you have an airstream too, because that's like the it of having the mobile homes and actually converting it into something you want to airstream if you're gonna do it. The it, if you know, you know what I'm saying? Because. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, my people, really don't even know what it is. They'd be like, what is this? Oh, okay. It's Airstream. Which, funny, now is owned by Mercedes. Really? So, I didn't know that. That more higher now. Yep. Wow. Just a little word for advice. The smaller, the more expensive. So, the smaller it is, the more expensive, because it makes it easier to travel, park. Yeah. So I was looking at, this is again off topic, but either way, <laughs> I bought a little car while I was in Texas. It's a Toyota Corolla. But um, before then I had looked at doing like a mobile salon kind of, cause I wanted to do it for kids. Everything I do is pretty much for kids. And my mom is always like, why you keep buying cars that you can't tow nothing with? So this last trip, I rented a Chevy Blazer. That 2021 is so daggone nice. <laughs> And when I went to the lot, cause now I rented it and I fell in love. So then I went to the lot and I was like, hey, I need to buy this. I need y'all to like, let me know. <laughs> and they were like, the dude was like, well, it also has a tow hitch. I said, how did you know? How did you know this is what I needed to know? But that's funny cause Airstreams are really light. And so a regular four by four, anything, it doesn't have to be a truck. It could be a, I don't know. A, like yours, a blazer. As long as it's four by four and it can have the tow hitch, the airstreams are really light. Now I can't speak for every type of mobile business, mm -hmm. but airstreams are light. So nice. Okay, so you have an airstream. It's smaller. You get a lot of one-on-one -on -one dealing with your clients, even more so than you would in a regular barbershop. Can you tell me how you feel about the intimacy between like you and the client? Um, well, I've always felt that before anything, when you provide a service, in my mind, in my opinion, 20% is going to be the actual service that you provide, whether you cut the hair, do the nails, straighten the hair, eyebrows, lashes, makeup, whatever. The other 80% is going to be the actual service that you make them feel, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, how you make someone feel. So that rapport is what is important. Mm -hmm. So having that one-on-one -on -one open that door for having people with more um, 
less self-confidence, that having hair issues or something, they can come in there more freely, more openly. Whether it be a sexuality issue, they can come in there more freely, more openly. Whether it be a more ignorance issue of hair maintenance, they can come in there more openly and freely instead of talking amongst everybody, you know. And at times it still be, you know, two, three people in there, so you still get that barbershop feel. Different opinions, different vibes, etc. But it's never like I'm on the spot and everybody's looking at me or my spot, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I love it. I, it still feels like a barbershop. Anybody, everybody that comes in, and it just makes you more present in the conversations that you have with your clients. That makes so much sense. And, and striving for more pre- presence and actual connection, um, I think it's so important, especially in our day and age with all the technology and like, especially right now we're having, you know, this pandemic and we're supposed to be social distancing. Yeah, like actually missing, that's a part of our human makeup and we miss those connections, you know? So that kind of brings me to another point. The families that I serve are interracial families. Um, do you think, and, and have you experienced um, having an interracial family making a, a difference or adding a different dynamic to your barbershop experience? Absolutely. I am, am and I always have been blessed to be in a very diverse area. But where I am at today, my location, it is so diverse without you even knowing what diversity looks like. If you just look around outside, you don't know what type of client is gonna walk into my shop. Old, young, black, mixed, adopted, what? You don't know. But with that being said, it always helps because you have that. Now I'm a mixed person, first of all, okay? Biracially mixed not adoptedly mixed or you know whatever in so there's that that gray area if i would call it anything Mm -hmm. you have the caucasian side to reach other people that are looking for a better haircut and don't want to go to those you know commercial shops that are not giving good services Mm -hmm. so now they feel like they have a it's kind of crazy to say but they have that connection now i know someone that is relatable to me in a sense that i can trust their word Mm -hmm. and them having that biracial or that other race child that child can also be that gray line and be like okay well you know me to trust me as another race so you can trust my word or you're my friend and we have the same hair texture or the same commonality so you can also trust my word and you can go to this shop it can be serviced more than one place you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i think that helps me a lot when it comes to those other than that hair is hair if you cut it you cut it if you don't you don't so i try to do all types of hair, but as far as those mixed people come in, I, if you got hair, I'm putting it. You know, I appreciate the, the referrals that you can give because mm-hmm. usually when you're a mixed in family, you're gonna be dealing with a lot of other people, outside people. So now you have someone you can refer that you know for a fact can handle all types of different types of hair, situations, conversations, all of it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. When you were growing up, did you have um, was it hard to find hair care for you coming from a family that was interracial? Um, yes and no. That's a hard question because I grew up to find a lot of the odds. <laughs> um, growing up, I was a tomboy, so it wasn't that I wanted my hair to be anything particular, you know, curly, special. I just wanted it out my way. Okay. So think about that as much. However, my aunt did hair, 
So she mainly knew to take how to take care of our hair with a lot of more natural ingredients or products rather. Um, and then I ended up cutting my hair off. And so that's when I kind of had to learn in the middle of seventh grade, when okay. I cut it off, how to handle my curls, how to deal with my curls, how to bring them out. I mean, it was, it was a process, but thank God I was young enough to where my looks wasn't my life at that time, mm-hmm. you know? So if it was where I was today and seeing some of the clients that come in my shop today with the mixed hair, mm-hmm. oh, I have to start all the way down with how much water do you drink? Mm-hmm. You're not doing what they need to do because it's dehydrated. And that's mm-hmm. the first thing. And then we get into the shampoo and conditioner before we even get to what products, we got to get your basic routines that. Mm-hmm. So I knew those things though too. So I always drank a lot of water. It did just enough. I ask because, you know, a lot of my clients are interracial families, whether they have adopted or um, they are, you know, it's a biological child to an interracial family. And sometimes, um, especially in a lot of the social media groups that I actively participate in as a professional, some of those questions come up and it's like where hair care and culture intersect. And so sometimes these families are in all white areas and they're their stylists in their community swerping down, they can't do anything with curly hair, even if it's a biracial child, it's not, you know, 4C like my hair, um, which in my mind, I feel like that's a bunch of crap. Like you can cut this, you know what I'm saying? Like if you paid attention in school, you can cut like, but that's neither here nor there. It's to each his own, you know what I'm saying? It'd be like a certain tattoo artist can't do color on dark skin. What would be 4C hair, they can't do it on dark skin you know what i'm saying and other other artists that take the time to specialize it know how to make those colors pop mm-hmm. or you have another profession that don't know how to tame a mixed child or 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 a hyper child you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then other people take those time to be patients to learn how to work with other situations mm-hmm. you, i have people that are black i have people that are white i have people that are mixed i have people that are mexican and don't know how to take care of their own hair straight mm-hmm. so, like Sometimes you have to just break it up to the person alone. You know, I have people that come in, male and female, come in and you can tell they ain't put a brush on their head since they was two years old. I give them one cut and the rapport, the passion that I have about your hair being in good health and giving friendly tips on, well, don't forget to shampoo or hey, next time I see you try this or whatever. The next time I see them, I can tell that they have put a brush to their head consistently. One week, two weeks later, I can tell that you have gave me your hair some love since I've seen you last. Mm-hmm. And so I try to first start with those people that don't know about their own hair. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes into the people that just have no ignorance, I mean, just have, are ignorant to it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing Then it's the same thing with someone in their own hair, whether it be mixed hair. You know what I'm saying? A black person with black hair versus a mixed person with mixed hair. You have to learn yourself and learn your own hair first. Mm-hmm. As far as it being with your child, unfortunately, it's just a trial and error. Mm-hmm. But that's no different with their own hair. If, if, a, if a, a white mother with, a, with an interracial child, if the white mother go look up under her kitchen sink or her bathroom sink, I'm sure she got about seven products sitting up under there. Because one day she wanted to be slick back. One day she wanted to have some volume. One day she wanted to this, that, and the third. It's the same thing with mixed people's hair, especially that I try to inform people. Mm-hmm. One product is to moisten and retain moisture. One product is to put the curl in. Another product is to hold the curl. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know, so sometimes I try to, it's more than just, oh, I got this leave in, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's any client, you know, even somebody with waves and more than just, oh, I put my do-rag on. You still got a brush. <laughs> or you ain't even brushing, but yeah. you ain't putting no do-rag on. You know, it's more than just yeah. one thing for anybody, yeah. any hair, any texture, anywhere. Yeah. I try to explain it to my clients that you have your nourishing products that keep the hair healthy and then you have your styling products or it's just like with clothing if you fold if you fold up some already wrinkled clothes and you let it sit those wrinkles are going to still be there so same thing with hair if you put a scarf on and you didn't smooth that hair out guess what you just laid and set in those tangles whatever it was you just you just solidified that frizz you know so sometimes that helps break up um, the disconnect or make it in a, you know, make it relatable and then they get it. Absolutely. So I think Absolutely. that's pretty awesome that you're saying the same thing. Um, what are some of the youngest clients that you take? Oh, I go all the way to one years old. If they, you get one try at one years old. If you do decent, <laughs> I'll cut you again. <laughs> I hate to sound so redundant, but when I tell you I have truly learned it is a per person atmosphere with me. Yeah. Okay. I have one year olds, I have three year olds that sit better than they 10 year old brothers, mm-hmm. sit better than they 40 year old daddy. Okay. Like it is per person. You, it, if you're not feeling me today, I'm like, all right, not today. We'll try again. You know what I'm saying? If you come in here and they with it, the one year old will get cut. No problem. You know, I got one-year-olds that look forward to coming to see me. I ain't never got a cut, but they come with their parents and they light up when they see the shop, you know? I grow up with them now. That's my little homie, but... <laughs> I go all the way down to one years old, safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to the child. The parent will come in and be like, oh, I want a mohawk. Oh, okay. We're gonna see how this child let me cut. <laughs> you, might all you might get a mohawk, but no edge up. <laughs> I think that is a very good point. So again, in a lot of these groups, you know, people try to ask blanket questions like, well, my baby is two and I want to take him to the shop, but like, let's just use a foster care situation. They'll say, you know, my baby's two. I have permission to take them to the shop, but culturally black people are telling me you don't get a haircut at two. And I'm like, "Mm, there's not really a blanket answer for that. You know, I can't tell you exactly what to go in and ask for because I don't know your child's temperament. I really don't know what their hair texture is like. I don't know your lifestyle. So you, like, again, using a mohawk, you may want a mohawk and you may want it faded and whatever else. But if your child can't sit through that whole appointment, that's not a style that's a good fit for y'all. Or if you're not going to moisturize that hair daily, it's not a good fit for you to keep the length on top. You know, so what are some, like, um, Let's talk about the safety, because you said if you can safely service a toddler or infant, you will service them. What are some of the things that are different for a toddler appointment versus an older child's appointment? Um, For starters, like when you have a baby, I always try to recommend people always do their hair. Whether you want to cut it off when they get of age or not, start brushing their hair, start combing their hair, just so they're used to sitting and being controlled in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Hair being messed with. Same thing, like, I hate to relate it to my dog. When I first got my puppy, he's a pit bull. It's so many stereotypes of pit bulls, pit bulls being aggressive. Mm-hmm. So when I would feed him or give him a treat, I'm messing with his ears, I'm messing with his tail, I'm messing with his feet, I'm taking the bone from, from a puppy's age so that when he grew up, mm-hmm. he knew how to already handle these things, you know? 
I'd be like, take take the bone from him. And friends be looking at me like, nah, I ain't taking it. I'm like, take it, because he know better. I've trained him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with being a baby, you want to start training them to get their hair done. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you got them later in life, unfortunately, it's not the barber's job or the beautician stylist to train them patience. Mm-hmm. We have to have patience, but mm-hmm. it's not our job to already train them to pay the child to patience. So. Mm-hmm. Now that's your point. Can you ask your child to go put their shoes on without them getting irritated? Can you do those things first and have the control? Because you're coming to a barbershop, not a daycare. Mm -hmm. There's the first thing that's gonna set the tone. Do you have the control over your child or am I gonna have to have this control? And then if I do have to have the control, is it gonna be a problem between you and I as the parent, you know? Because I can gain control in my business and the child may listen to another adult outside of their parent or foster parent. But if you come in now babying them, mm-hmm. you're making my job harder. Mm-hmm. So there's another issue. One, I mean, there's another thing. One, like I say, start doing these relatable things that gets the child ready for a type of situation. Mm-hmm. Two, like I said, with the control, if you have a child, I can be a lot more lenient. I'm a baby or a toddler. I can be a lot more lenient with the babying mm-hmm. of that person. You know, well, here, you want my phone? Well, here, you want this? Where I draw my line is about six, seven and up. Mm-hmm. And you're still babying them. Where you're now making my job harder because you keep trying to find something to, what's the word I'm looking for? Appease yeah, appease. Yeah, you know, well, here, try this. No, you go sit down and you tell your child to sit down. Or you step outside if you don't want to see me tell this child to be still. If you don't want to see me have to put the, the barber grab, not hurting, but apply a little sit still pressure while I'm cutting your hair, then step outside, you know? And I, I don't, it's not a rude grab. It's not a forceful grab, but I don't want to cut your ear off. I still got to get it done, you know? Yeah. But those little things that if you don't have control at home, there's not going to be any control at the shop that I can really tell you even more to help. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are some some kids that know they can get away with their parents and they'll come and be angels at the shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no problem with those. The only difference between a, a toddler and a child at this point, at this age, is going to be the parent. How laxed or how strict are you on your child doing what they need to do? Mm-hmm. That's about the only difference. Because at 13, you on your phone and you ain't holding your head up. I'm going to tell you to put your phone up. And your parent ain't going to say nothing. I love you. <laughs> because this is like, so some of this, for instance, there's a culture difference. And so a lot of the parents that I work with or I interact with in these learning groups, they have no concept of home training. And it's it, what you're explaining right now is basically home training. Before you ever leave out the house, your child knows that when you speak to them, they should respond and they should respond respectfully. And you know, they know how to act, that there's a time and place for everything. So a toddler is just catching on to these concepts. Whereas by kindergarten, first grade, the expectation is there. Are they gonna mess up sometimes? Yes, nobody's asking them to be perfect, but the groundwork should be laid. And so (laughs) I've had, you know, sometimes I've had issues with this cultural difference. And I'm like, especially with black kids, you don't understand that the world does not see them as having a phase, having a mental challenge, having a different ability, none of that. So you can't raise them thinking that everybody else is going to give them all the grace and all the, you know, breaks and just all these things. And I'm like, what you're going to end up doing is getting that child arrested or hurt. 
because yep. they're going to be expecting everybody to stop like you stop every single time when that's not how the world works and so i get a lot of pushback <laughs> for a while like i got i was called what did they tell me I was not inclusive. They told me a bunch of things and I'm like, y'all just don't live a black life. Like I understand there are sensory issues. I understand that there are different abilities, but within our household, we still have to navigate that and still have to have some home training. And it, it is apparent when they come into salon what's not happening at home. Cause listen, it was, it was as simple as this. You embarrass me, I'm embarrass you. Man, I knew how to out embarrass me because she was older than me. Okay, so <laughs> I think that's the line that's crossed. Like, you know, some some parents these days, I don't want to embarrass him, or it's embarrassing to me that my child is acting that way, so they think they shouldn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Put it in the bus so it don't happen again. Y'all have these they have these issues at home where can't nobody see it and get it all ironed out at home, and then when you come out in public, your child knows your different tones of voice you know at least or they know when your face oh, is saying something so me as a stylist i can still do their hair and you can correct them from across the room without having to stand right there in the way exactly there comes a time and a place where you know you get to joking you get to playing they playing around a little too much and then like all right now cut it out they know that line mm-hmm. playing too much and now you're getting on my nerves you know what i'm saying or you're I becoming think- unsafe or whatever did the safe zone, right. <laughs> so I think I think that definitely plays a part, but that's in anything. Whether you go into a salon, whether you go into a grocery store, a national black line that a mother uses, when we get in here, don't look at nothing, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing. Don't even think Why? about asking for exactly. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but because the mother already knew the child. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You have to learn your child as much as the child has to learn you. Yeah. I have to learn the child, the client, the person, as much as they have to learn me, you know? So I think all of that plays an effect. It does take a village, but uh, it starts at home. <laughs> okay, so can we touch on another topic that I'm not an expert in? Okay, other than just cutting. And you know what's funny? You met me while you were going through barber school and they had me up there pretending to be a barber instructor. I cannot cut. <laughs> and they wanted me to get my <laughs> they wanted me to get my license and I'm like, are y'all gonna teach me how to cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All they did was hand me the book. That's neither here nor there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so okay, another question I get is um when a child decides they want to uh explore their gender or how they show up in the world what are some of the ways that a parent can communicate that with their stylist or barber what are some of the ways that a cut can communicate that with the world I guess you know I think before I can answer this question on a client to barber answer Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to answer this strictly as a barber first okay? okay and I think Choosing the right barber helps. And I say this as a humble brag, okay? When I say this, I grew up biracial. I grew up in different worlds. I grew up in the hood, the country, the suburbs, etc. I grew up a lesbian, a black lesbian at that. I also grew up friends with everyone, okay? So with that humbly, I say that I am so relatable, okay? I can understand and I can ask my questions in my initial 
conversation to know what they want, to get how they, to, to, to kind of get a visual of what they're going for, whether they have pictures or just words, you know what I'm saying? So as a barber, I before I even start the haircut, I ask as many detailed questions as I need to, to get the picture. Sometimes it goes to as, as simple and as deep as, well, what do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes they think they want something, but that's not gonna work for your lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So then we get into, after you find the right barber that can communicate what you do and don't, that can communicate what you think and don't, what you don't want, you know what I'm saying? Then it goes into someone trying to figure out their, their path, you just practice with it. When someone comes in, for instance, and they want, they want or they have locks, locks on the hair. I don't want to call them dreads, but dreadlocks or locks. Mm -hmm. They'll come in and they want some cut off here or a little bit cut off here so the edge up shows better. Mm -hmm. Immediately I stop and I say, well, why do you want that? Tell me why you think you want that because it looks good or whatever it may be. I'm sure that whoever you looked at didn't start like that. Mm -hmm. You jump from barber to barber, your hair get pushed back. That part goes from here to here to here anywhere around the edges mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying as time goes on even someone want edges i explain to them you're gonna look like this today as time goes on some of these on the edges i'm gonna have to combine because edges get thinner or whatever it is that communication factor if i have someone that's trying to do a complete drastic change i try to subtly bring them into it because once it's gone it's gone and you can't come back Let's say if we were being direct, we had a little girl that wanted to look more boyish as time went on. You know what I'm saying? More sharp. I don't even want to say boyish. Let's say she just wanted a more de defined or sharper haircut. Mm -hmm. Off back, she comes in. I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to edge her up across the top, hard, square edge up that are used to. Mm -hmm. I would start with just the side and the sideburns to give you that defined look. Next time, tell me if you want to add a little more. But I'm going to work my way up into it so that it's a subtle transition for both you and the parents, depending on your age, and that you're sure this is something you want to do. Mm -hmm. Hair is hair. Most times it grows back. Most people quickly. Some people not so much. But it's also a statement of you. A bad haircut can mess up your week, your month, whatever. So I wanna make sure that I'm going into it within steps so that you're comfortable and that you understand what you're now walking into, you know? Locks are a part of our everyday culture. Unfortunately, 2019, 2018, I think it was, you can be turned down from an interview just from your locks. I'm not gonna tell you, no, I'm not gonna lock your hair, but I am gonna say if you're, if you're of age, a certain age, do you realize that you may not get a job now? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just want you to be aware of things that people may not tell you. I just want you to be aware of things that you may not have known joining in this short world. You know, someone that needs to go bald, I'll tell them, you know, you'll look good bald, but bald head is a lot more work than just wearing it short and thin. You know what I'm saying? You gotta shave every day if you want that bald look. If you want that smooth, Michael, Every day you gotta find your routine, whether it be with a clipper or whether it be with the razor in the shower. It's still a lot more work that they don't tell you. So 
if someone is trying to transition, I really make sure my consultation is upfront, the best thing that I can give them. Mm -hmm. True understanding of the what, the when, and the after. Mm -hmm. And then once we go from there, I make it my due diligence to shape it to their head. Whatever it is that you wanted, I'm gonna make sure that it's shaped to your head after that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, the mental thing is really up to them. They knew before they came in, whatever you wanna shifting to, thank God, to me, haircut is very gender neutral. Mm -hmm. I got some clients that come in, women, and they be like, I don't want no hard edge up. Okay, the first time, I'ma keep it soft and round. Next time, I'ma explain, well, would you like to try the hard edge up this time? Not to make you look boyish, because it could still be soft, but it fits your head shape better, mm -hmm. you know? And once they understood that it wasn't about the sexuality thing of an edge up, it was the shaping of the head, they now want it shaped hard every time because it, it makes the haircut pop even better. So a good consultation, a good understanding of what you're getting into really helps make that transition easier. Mm -hmm. But hey, here, you want to cut off, I'm gonna ask you two times. And then I'm gonna start right in the middle so that you know. All right, now you committed. That's all I got. <laughs> I was that client, so when I had my first time having a fade, it was way before cosmetology school or whatever, and I was that client that would go in and be like, don't line me up really hard. Don't line me up in the middle. You know, and they would clean it up. Um, I had a, a really good barber. He's, a, he's the one that gave me my first fade, and he was in Westport, um, Kansas City. Um, and then after that, I was trying to get everybody else to pretty much not undo what he started me on. So it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you brought that up because I was that client. <laughs> I had a guy just the other day, no lie, mixed dude, okay? Um, white mother, black father, had all the black features, okay? Nose, lips, whole nine, knew he was black side, but had the epitome of mixed hair. Okay, mm -hmm. and he wanted a high ball. Anyway, I knew he wasn't. I knew that he was not used to going to a black shop by the things that he said to me. Like, like what? Like what did he say? I said, "You want your you want your face done? Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, I like my my beard done." And as I'm doing it, asking these questions, he goes, "And I, I don't know if you have time to do the mustache and stuff too." Who doesn't hear a mustache? Like, you know, like, what kind of shop you been going to? And then like the, the shaping, when he, he had like a high top box, okay? It was it was bald, faded up, and then he had the curls on top. Standard mixed people curls on top. Wet and go. But whoever was shaping it did not comb it out first, shape it, and then curl it back. However, he came in with the curls and the product, they would just shape it from there. So of course, when I picked it out, I seen the truth. But he was like, yeah, I don't really want it to like hang over and I don't really know how to explain it. In my mind, it, yeah, you said you cut it off. So you don't want to hang over, that's it. Like, I don't know, just some of the things he said, I could tell he had been used to going to sports clips or great clips or something where they only know this or that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Fade it up, leave the top type of joint. Mm -hmm. But needless to say, he'll definitely be back. <laughs> but, um, it just, it just depends on the person. It's just, oh, you hear it all, catch it all, get it all. <laughs> For real. <laughs> well, I'm done asking you 50 million questions, <laughs> at least for this. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I'm gonna stop recording now, okay?
Thank you so much. Wait, before I stop recording, tell them again where you're located in the name of your barbershop. Oh, and how to find you on social media. All right, again, my name is Brad. I was also known as Brad the Barbarous Ellis. Oh, let me say that again. My name is Brad, also known as Brad the Barbarous Ellis. Um, you can now find me in Austin, Texas at Streamline Barber Company. That's all my social media, Streamline, one word, Barber Co. Um, you can come see me downtown Austin. I'm here four days a week, Thursday through Sunday due to the pandemic right now. 